Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. We've got a pair of great guests for you today, as I'll be joined in studio by Boston City FC owner Renato Valentim and Boston Bolt CEO Brian Inskoff. Boston City FC is a new team within USL League 2, joining the likes of the Bolts in the Northeast Division. The teams will play for the first time on Wednesday, May 25th, and Renato and Brian are hoping that it's the start of Boston's newest soccer rivalry, one they're calling the Dirty Water Derby. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks so much for coming nice. in. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, first, let's talk about uh, the name, the Dirty Water Derby. Yeah, I, I understand you guys just coined this name. You guys are going to be playing for the first time on, on May 25th. Uh, just tell me a little bit about, in your both of your perspectives, what you're hoping this rivalry becomes. I think it's a great for, for the community. I think for Boston, Boston, Boston area, it's, it's amazing to have these two teams here from the area play each other, um, compete on the, on the field. But uh, outside there, of course, you want to, to, ma- to make this the soccer grow in here. Though. That's, that's our, I think, our both, both teams. Or that's our goal in here in the area, to, to get the soccer into the next level, same professional as, as we are. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I was delighted when I got a call from the USL saying um, there's a, another team in Boston that wants to um, come into the area. Brian, are you okay? Because they all have these regions and territories. And I'm like, <laughs> delighted. A, it saves me a lot of travel when I play one, one of my competitions. Um, and B, to, st- to start up some type of friendly rivalry would be, would be fantastic. And um, then when I heard it was Boston City, who have been playing in different leagues around and for the last few years. And um, with Renato, I thought it's going to be run very professionally and it's going to be a lot of fun and I hope we get some spotlight on our game. I think it's a great idea the way you guys are going about this, promoting it this way and, and trying to create this buzz for this, for this game. Because, you know, one, one thing people have always said, you know, we don't have a professional soccer team in Boston. We have one in Foxborough. It's, you know, well south of the city. I think there's... Uh, an abundance of soccer fans within the city who who would love to come out and see these games. Um, do, do you feel the same way? That's why when I came, I started Boston City, I started the project. And one of the reasons was that because in Boston you cannot go and watch a nice game out there, and especially you get a you get play in the same league with a team from Boston, Boston area, and get that rivalry. Brian, you agree? Yeah, 100% from a standpoint of um, uh, building a rivalry, but just building up um, the awareness that these are young, young, budding, um, semi-professionals, professionals, and some of them are professionals, but top-level players around the country that are trying to get into the next level. And it would be fantastic for all the, the young people to come out and watch these players play and, and see, because that's the level all their young players are supposed to be, top college players or top professional players. And the idea for me is also over a long time is like, we should have a team in Boston. I mean, it, you know, the Red Sox are in there, Bruins, Celtics, but New England there. Out in, um, I can't even remember how far it is from here. It's like Gillette or somewhere. That's yeah, like it's hun- a 200 miles away. Um, <laughs> it feels like. Uh, <laughs> but the idea is for, 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 I'm sure, Renato, the same way as me. We want to build up and have, hope, we'd love to have a pro league right in our own backyard here or, and, and, and somewhat have, be able to help and get involved in some type of 
stuff like that. So this is one of the first steps. And but this game, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to May 25th from a standpoint of two. I've never played anyone in the league. Used to have to go three or four hours to play a game, and now we're, we're going. Um, he's coming 25 minutes, and I'm you know it's in my backyard this time, and so it should be fun. So we hope we get people out to watch it. And you guys have kind of just gotten to know each other over the last. Uh, couple of weeks is it or I mean we knew, knew of each other for a while but then just we actually met at the conference um, yeah. when we were putting all the scheduling together and yeah. got a chance to meet him um, for the first time what kind of relationship do you guys think you guys will form will there be some friendly ribbing of each other kind of friendly joking around bragging rights things like that uh, when somebody wins all in a good all in a good way <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a I think it's a part of this, the, the sport though like uh, between the on the field you're going to compete but outside there I think you have to to create that buzz and be friendly. That's yeah. that's all we're looking for. We're looking for. It's my point. Yeah, right. I don't think we're going to have to let the players when when they're both from the same geographic area, like especially the same city. Yeah, uh, you know, the, everyone wants bragging rights for that. So, right. and, and we're fortunate. I mean, right around the rest of the world, whether you go to Brazil or England, you have in in London how many rivalries, right? And we don't have any. We this is sort of first thing in Boston that we can actually call a real rivalry between two Boston pro clubs, semi pro clubs. In, in both of your opinions, what is it that makes USL League 2 uh, a special brand of soccer? I mean, obviously you have players with, with professional aspirations. Some of these guys are, are college standouts. Some of these guys just finished college and they're starting their journey. Um, so they're obviously gifted players. Um, but just describe the league a little bit and just the competition that takes place within the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been in it for a while now, I think six or seven seasons. And each, each year I can see it getting better and better. But the mission of, of what USL has done with their three divisions from the championship on down um, to this PD, it used to be called PDL, but now it's USL2. It's, it's fantastic, and it, it's a great platform even for my club to, um, for being the top of the pyramid, so to speak, in, in my club, is that they aspire to be a top college player, pro player. And a lot of our players, former players, have played with the USL team and have gone on then to play professional. So this was a great stepping stone for them to play against really high-level competition in, in a very professional environment. It's a great thing about West Soccer, West L2, is to give that opportunity for, for young players to step in and start to play with a, a very a comp- a competitive league and, and get, get, give them that, that horizontal to, to go to the next, next step on, on the professional or whatever they, they decide to go in. Right. The process of bringing a new team into the league and being the owner of the team, what was that whole ordeal like for you to get the team in the league and then get everyone prepared and then building a roster? What's the whole process been like? Yeah, the, the, of course, you play for the last, since 15, you play in another league and you have that experience to bring to put a team together. Of course, you this year, especially first year on the West L, trying to to get a better team, better players, to compete a little better compared to the other year, to year the past. And we start that early. We start that in January. Start to recruit players, um, not just from USA but from outside. From we come from Portugal, from Brazil. Some 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 come from Europe, and. You, you hope to you can compete this year well better than than the last couple of years that you've done. 
he's competing fine. <laughs> he played. He played against the Western Pioneers, who were the champs last year, and I think he beat them. I'm not sure, right? Didn't yeah, one by two. So he's just being humble right <laughs> now. Yeah, humble. I like it. Yeah. I like it. The new guy being <laughs> humble. Um, Brian, you you can answer this too, though. Is it hard? building rosters and 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 how do you go about i mean because a lot of it's geographical and a lot of these a lot of these players are from the area and it's it's a good opportunity to play in an area they're from but when you're looking outside of the region and trying to bring players into the club how how difficult is that it depends what type of model that you want to bring in you know from a standpoint of um what you're doing we we have a club for the last since 1986 so we've a lot of alums that have come through through our teams that played in college um, so we use it that we want to, we'd love to have a, a, a percentage of former Bolts players first and foremost on the team because they came through your system and you want to showcase them and give them an opportunity to push on to the next level. And then also that we live in a, one of the best educational areas with all the colleges around from Harvard and everywhere else. So for our model, it suits us because we don't, you know, there's tons of players around the area. So from that standpoint we actually we got some international players this year and um, they're from this country called Ireland um, not, not Brazil <laughs> like my friend from Brazil here but a few Irish boys on the team and actually one of our games is Irish Heritage Day this year but uh, with a few Irish boys but most, most of our kids are local um, in a sense local um, from the Boston Massachusetts area and, and, and playing in colleges all over the country so um, yeah so. Is this like um do you envision this being becoming something like college recruiting, where the two programs may be trying to learn the same type of players from year to year? Do you guys feel like there'll be, I mean, are there battles for players you're trying to build the roster around? Do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so, though. I think it's it's many players here in the area that are we, just two teams not going to be able to right to give opportunity for all them that have that they are capable to play play in the league and they're going to still still have a lot of a lot of players out there they're looking they are looking for for the opportunity to play yeah i mean i feel the same way there's there's plenty of players to go around that's why when an opportunity came to put another boston team in i was like hands up let's let, yeah get them in please how is the uh, structure of the division changing now with with Boston City FC and that you get Vermont to we were we were talking off air about how strong they look right now that that's a great roster I had those guys on the podcast a couple weeks back um, I think they have high hopes for what they can do this year uh, how is the the power structure of the division changed this year um, you know from year to year Western Pioneers have always been a very strong in in the league um, they 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 use a lot of um, international like Western Pioneers I think will, uh, were the team to be and um, you know but it sometimes takes a couple of weeks to get going in our league because a lot of your players are not not in but I would think um, this year Vermont are coming out of the gates very strong and put a lot of um, man manpower and, and finances behind their club and they seem to be doing things very well their, their CEO I think was a former uh, New York FC um, employee so he seems to have his um, has figured out great marketing techniques and stuff. But I, if I was, you know, Boston City, I know um, Renato, I know he can pull players from different parts of whether it's Portugal, Brazil, and put a good group together. And they've already shown that in, in the first two games, especially the first one. So um, I think ourselves, we were strong last year, and I think we're probably as strong again this year where we are as a team. Renato, tell me a little bit about your your personal journey here leading into to owning this team um you know what was kind of your your motivation for for 
owning the team and, and being involved in USL League too, and what's kind of the just the overall soccer journey you've had? Yeah, I'm from Brazil originally. Mm-hmm. I've been here for 24 years, and like I said, when I start the club, I have no no option to go to to watch a, a good a good game here. And that was in the beginning was one of the reasons because I missed the soccer so much. I missed to go to the to the state and watch a game and I say, okay, I think it's a good opportunity to start to start a club. And on the other side, you're gonna give a lot of opportunity for kids that are they are looking to play on the on, on a, a good league on a good club that can give you a, a a good a good a good infrastructure to to go and and play a little more. Or prof- like it's a professional style, and on the other side, I, as I'm from Brazil, I was planning to to get the club across the board and across the, the country and go to Brazil and find a club there, and the same way give opportunity to kids there to play, like uh, the boat has been done for so well for so long, and that I think I, I've, I'm very impressed with what they have done in here, and I want to give the same thing. Especially there, that is so many talent that need that opportunity to play, and eventually bring them over here and give them opportunity to play in another country, showcase to another team, showcase to another teams to to hike to another leagues here in USA and Europe and. But even even with that though, it can't, it can't compare to Brazil, right? I mean, <laughs> compare that to what the what you the know, soccer scene is like there. You're getting close. Brian, similar question for you. I mean, you're you're from Ireland originally. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of your your soccer upbringing. What was it like in Ireland? I mean, um, like every other Irish player at that time, we aspired to play in England because that was the league across the pond, right? We just everyone wants to play in England. And as a young player, I had many of those opportunities, and some of them didn't work out as well as I wanted. And I got an opportunity to come to America back in 1983 long time ago right makes show, show my age but um <laughs> I, when when i got that opportunity i came over to see you know a college to go to college and i took the chance and sort of haven't looked back because i i, I kept i stayed in soccer i be I, I went and played in the um pro leagues that were in america the nesl was just folding and i played in the league and played for fort lauderdale strikers I actually played for boston bolts Back um, the first time they had a professional team around here in the APSL, so it's come full circle for so you a little full bit. Full circle, yeah. right? And uh, and back then we used to have four or five thousand at Nickerson Field, and we we're hoping that we get four or five thousand in the Dirty Water Derby <laughs> uh, next Wednesday. That'd be nice, nice problem <laughs> yeah. to have, you know. I'm hoping for that as well. Yeah, It'd be but, great to see. But the soccer itself has um, I've seen it from 1983 to to now, right? I can't even count how many years that is, but. Every every year and every decade, it's just getting stronger and stronger. Our USL, I remember the USL years ago, but now the USL Championship, the, um, it's just amazing. They're building stadiums in every corner of America right now. USL, I mean, amount of players that they have from the championship to the Division One to our to our league, and they're not stopping. And I, I actually like the the system and the organization of the USL. I don't like to say it better than the MLS, but I, I think that they have. Down the road, they're going to cover more areas than the MLS. Like the MLS have only one team in New England. I mean, in, in, in London, we have 13 teams in the division, you know. It does, so it's, it's sort of like um, there's more openness and um, to, to get in. And, and for if, if me and Renato wanted to have a USL one team in Boston, that'd be a lot easier than trying to get an MLS team in Boston or, or anywhere in New England. Sure. And, and you were an Irish youth national team mm-hmm. player as well. Um, w- was it common for... 
for Irish youths to end up coming to the United States when you were growing? Or did they was that well, a common thing? It was. You had two paths, you, and and that's what I still try to do for players that come from Ireland or anywhere in the world. I, I was a college coach also, but the idea was to. Um, the, the path, exit strategy for me as a soccer player was either go play in, play in the pros in England or, or come to college and get some education in America. So a lot of my friends came with me over in the 80s and, and um, came on the same path. And a lot of players are still doing that now from Brazil, coming over and going to college route and um, um, and so forth like that. So, yeah, and I think, like, like Renato said, um, U.S. is attracting them. When, when, when I go home, uh, people want to come over and play over here now. Where years ago they just laugh at me, and when I'd sit down in the bar with them and say, "Hey, yeah, oh, that's, that's not, the level t- is not," but they're watching the MLS, they're watching USL soccer on TV, and think, "Hey, that's a good level. I'd like to play in it." Yeah, that's the thing. I, I remember when the MLS first started. I was thinking, like, we're we're probably getting laughed at by the mm-hmm. rest of the world because we're just, you know. And I still think technically we still lag behind. I mean, I think I think what the United States does have is great athletes. I think mm-hmm. we have great athletes, and we're trying to steer them to the more technical side of soccer, which they're. Obviously, the rest of the world is, is has a huge advantage on us in that regard. Do you feel like the technical aspect of soccer has just grown immensely in the last twenty years here? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Renato can say, answer that too because yeah. he's from Brazil, where right. the technique is really at its primos. Um, but I, I really believe, yeah, that from where I came, you know, it was just kick it down the field and, and kick and, and, and run, and yeah. run. And um, now it's I see young players out there that get excited watching twelve year olds. You know, even when I, I watch in the USL games, when I watch his games and stuff, all the technique is very good. The standard is very, very good, and it's getting better and better. But the rest of the world is also getting better. <laughs> That's right. You agree, Renato? Yeah, I agree with it. Like, and um, as you can see, our, our our kids, my son, some so many parents that come from from different uh, country that they they're gonna the DNA is gonna. It's gonna grow here too. Eventually, gonna have them, and we already have it. so many players that play in Europe now. They play um, Manchester City. I think they have a player there, uh, Liverpool. And when ten years ago, you would dream about it. No, like uh, I think you get there. Uh, technical side, I think is, is is a lot of young players that is coming up. They are growing. They are playing soccer all the time now. Like a program that boats have is amazing, and that's those kind of programs going to get us to the next level here on, on soccer. New England's soccer journals, the goal will return after this. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. What does it take to become a champion? Teamwork, talent, grit, and above all, opportunity. Hoosack Elite Soccer has all that and more. Let's go, let's go, let's go! Hoosack School is located in beautiful Hoosack, New York, right on the edge of New England. 
And HUSAC students don't just dominate on the field, they dominate in the classroom. Students at HUSAC benefit from a rigorous academic program, expert instruction from an amazing faculty and staff, fine and performing arts, championship athletics, and the once-in-a-lifetime experience that comes from a student body of over 200 students from more than 40 different countries. Soccer teams practice. Elite soccer teams train. Husak Elite Soccer. Isn't it time you went from good to elite? For more information, check out husak.org. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and AnySoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to AnySoccerJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Brian, how much can you take? You've had plenty of college coaching experience, you know, Boston College, right? Northeastern, mm-hmm. Villanova, Providence. Providence. Yeah. You've, you've had a, a bunch of stops, a bunch of New England stops. How much um, does being around the college game help in your role now uh, with USL League too? Yeah, it's 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 works well for me because obviously I can pick up the phone and I'm only five years out of college game, but I can pick up the phone and call people and say, "Do you have any players?" They also know you, and they want their players. They want their players to experience, stay playing all year round now, college coaches. So they'll call up Renato's staff and his coach and call me up. Do you have any spots, Renato? And so it's not just we're reaching out. A lot of colleges, from especially around New England, will be calling up saying, hey, we, we have some very good players. You need a left back or you need a goalkeeper. So that that's happening for every team. Even, but yeah, but I do have a because I was in it, I get a lot of calls. And, um, you know, so it does help in that way. Renato, who who designed your uniforms and, and all that stuff, the logo and stuff? Who was who's brains behind that stuff? Everything comes from my my own my head. I yeah. of course we have a we, <laughs> you have a team we have a team that uh, that helped me develop it. But yeah. I, I have the ideas, on, especially in the beginning with the logo, right? Uh, with the color, the logo is a big deal. I feel like you know I know Vermont Green FC they did like a big logo announcement. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a big thing that attracts players. Yep. Like that, I feel like yeah yeah. And uh, that was everything. I'm proud to say that I, I was big part of everything to create everything. And eventually, I know I'm going to be out there, and people going to say, "Oh, that's that's Renato's ideas," and out there. It's it's obviously it sounds like something you're prideful in having, being a huge um, personality with developing all this stuff. That's something that you really wanted to be involved in, just the complete development of the program. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm proud to be part of it. I, I think as as a as a soccer fan, I, that's that's it's great to be part of that development, develop a team and put a team together, a club together, and uh, and, and moving forward with it. Do you, 
are there any things in the in the works or any ideas in the works to to further promote the rivalry that you guys are doing? I mean, is there to attract fans, anything like that you feel like you guys can offer or any, any you know? We're open to ideas, you know. Yeah. I think that's sometimes <laughs> sometimes up to our f- fans and f- uh, family and, and uh, um, Bryce, who's our, my marketing guy, to get, you know, to work with um, Renato's marketing guy and anything we can do to, to further that. And, um, you know, maybe we go to one of Renato's restaurants and, you know, have a little, uh, you know, what you call an alarm wrestle. And then, you know, maybe a friendly wager, you know. Those are good ideas. Yeah, that's fine. we work around and <laughs> Renato, you're an idea guy. Anything, any things that you think that you can stir up to kind of uh, increase, um, you know, interest in the rivalry? I, I think is what he said is it would be a good idea to bring some players from both team and some fans together to to a night yeah, out yeah, and, yeah. and and promote that. In terms of playing styles, Brian, what are the what are the bolts offer when they're on the field? I mean, if um, you probably asked me ten years ago, it'd be totally different. Like the style and system of uh, we hook, we keep evolving, but we we try to have a nice short passing game that move the ball quick and get as many chances at the opposition's end as we can. You know, without, um, you know, some, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's build up, but it's not just possession for possession's sake. We're just looking, we're trying to get as many opportunities on his goalkeeper this next, next, on May 25th. That's what we want to get. So you're not sitting back and waiting to be attacked. You guys are getting out yeah, there and trying well, to. Yeah, it's similar to a lot of the styles around, uh, you, a lot of pressing going on now and not just waiting, like the, um, the Italian style, just waiting. Count it, you know. I feel that's aesthetically pleasing for fans. I mean, that's what I, I think yeah. most soccer fans want to see. They want to see that kind of ag- that kind of aggressive mindset. Renato, what's what's the style for Boston City FC? Yeah, our team is a little slower than, of course, than this other team. We're trying to to keep the ball and wa- work the ball around and try to get that chance and and put that in. I don't want to give a lot of a yeah. lot of information here because <laughs> totally be different style. An Irish man and a, and a Brazilian together. I'm sure there's different styles. Sure. I see. Are you dancing around it a little bit? I, like, I respect it. You don't want to give away all the secrets. I, I could respect that. Um, but but I mean more of a possession style. You'd say yep. maintain possession. Yep. Um, so I mean, it sounds like it'll be a good contrast when you when the two teams play. Um, What's the what's the season like? I know it's kind of like a two month marathon, uh, more of a sprint actually, because yeah. you guys are cramming all the games in two months. It all wraps up in July, right, with the playoffs or August, early August. Yeah, July. Um, you, you have fourteen game season. Yeah, and after you have fourteen games, depending on where you you, you stand, you go to playoffs. Um, two teams, at least two, get out of early division. You can be a third as a wild card, and um, then that can take you into playoffs where you can go from anywhere nationally. They try to keep you regionally in your first playoff game, but you know, hopefully it's me and Renato playing each other in the playoff game here in Boston. That yeah. would be great. You know, yeah, be great. And in the, so, um, but then from there, you can go nationally and it finishes the first week in August so the kids can get back to college and whatever else. It's, it's a sprint. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. And how many teams are there nationwide? There's a, there's a ton, right? There's um, 16 divisions, I think, Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I'd be mistaken, but there's a hun- in USL, there's 172 f- or four clubs and it's grown like exponentially, Yeah, you know, all the time, but in our league, yeah, there's like 16 leagues, and um, it's it's the biggest league in America, you know. That's the, the, without doubt, right? Renato, what what sense do you get from the players on your team? Are they um, energized being the first, you know, the first members of the of the team for the first year in USL League Two? Are they are they prideful in being on this first Boston City FC team? Uh, definitely, I think is the league itself. I think is a little more than usual. Some players come from from last year. 
and they are so excited about being USL. is a is a is a better league on, from our point of view. That's why we moving move. We call moving up because USL is a is a great organization. Organization, so many teams, different level. Like USL one and champion. Eventually, of course, is our our goal is to to moving up. But uh, that's too hard to to talk about that and think about it. Let you play this year, play the next couple few years, and see how's that going. When's the second matchup? Do you know? Do you know the date of the second matchup? I'm not sure, but it's a June fifteenth. I'm not sure. But there are there will be two matches, one at one at each yeah, home venue, one, right? One each home yep. And, this and then hopefully, um, hopefully a third one in the in the playoffs when you know we're tied for first place at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. That's the hope. And the May twenty fifth yeah. um, match will be at uh, Mount Ida. Right? Yeah, UMass Mount Ida. Yeah, seven o'clock. Yep, guys, I I really appreciate you you joining the podcast. Today. This is great, and um, I'm hoping just as much as you guys that this forms into a, a great soccer rivalry within Boston. I think it's it's great for fans in the city. I appreciate it, and if anyone wants to come out, it's it's free f- for all the young players and the parents to come out. It's a, hopefully, it's going to be a beautiful night on the 25th, just before Memorial Weekend. So, love to see people out there supporting us. Hopefully, not too hot. You know what? No. <laughs> you don't want those 90 degree temperatures. Just, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it stays comfortable for you yeah. guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. Thanks again to Renato Valentim and Brian Anskoff for joining the podcast and engaging in a great conversation. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.